We're going over Rhode Island's overtime victory at home against Western Kentucky. We had a lot of Christmas upsets over this past Christmas week. We have it all here, all for you on Ballin' with B-Show. And welcome to episode 9 of season 2 of Ballin' with B-Show. I'm your host, Gavin B-Show, and Rhodey had their lone game this week at home on Saturday against Western Kentucky on the 21st of December, a game which did not disappoint. Rhode Island started off slow as the Rams went down by 5 in the early going of the game, but Rhodey got hot and got their lead all the way up to 8 points. Check that. Yeah, eight points in the first half until Western Kentucky made a run and got it down to one at the break. Rhode Island then took an 11-point lead in the middle of the second half, but it seemed that near the end of that second half, Western Kentucky went on a run, including a game-tying three by Carson Williams, who was just phenomenal for the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers at the buzzer to send this one into overtime, but we got into that overtime period, and you felt that like Uri was going to win the game. Western Kentucky, without Charles Bassey, had a lot, lack of forwards, unlike Rhode Island, who did get special treatment from Antoine Walker, not just Cyril Angevine, and, a good, uh, and Jermaine Harris on a good day like he did on Saturday. And Rhode Island pulled out in overtime with the final score of 86-82 to at the Ryan Center. Tyrese Martin led the charge for the Rams with 22 points and 9 rebounds. As Fast Russell, who struggled early, he shot 4 for 18 on the day, had 15 points and 8 assists. Jeff Down, 14 points and 8 assists as well. And Jermaine Harris, he stepped up. 11 points for him. I think that's the season high. Surreal Langevin with 8 points, but 14 boards. Always doing something. Never not contributing to this team. And Antoine Walker, coming in for the first time as the Georgetown transfer after finals have ended. Second semester of games have started, and he got in. And, man, he was throwing no-look passes, creating turnovers. He had two steals. He had seven rebounds and ten points. And this man is so diverse. I think he's going to be a great piece for Rhode Island, especially if Jermaine Harris can't, you know, figure things out, which looked like he did. You know, someone like Antoine Walker gives him some pressure, you know. Hey, we got a good player. Jermaine's got to step up, and he did that against Western Kentucky. But Antoine Walker, he can pass. He can shoot from the um, elbow, which was looked to be his finest shot, you know, posting up on the elbow. But also getting boards and nice pass. He had a no-look pass to Surreal in that second half. Uh, I think maybe I think the first half of that game. So good things we saw from Antoine Walker, and he could be a great contributor for the Rams. On the other side of the ball, Western Kentucky, of course, as I mentioned earlier, led by Carson Williams, who exploded. I think he was perfect for three, going uh, four for four. He had 26 points and 14 rebounds. And then also, Tavion Hollingsworth had 19 points and six rebounds. He did, though, turn the ball over seven tur- seven times, leading to 16 Western Kentucky turnovers. Jordan Rawls added 12 points, and Jared Savage had nine of his own and 11 rebounds. Rhode Island shot 37.2% from the field. 32 for 86, which is not uh, where you want it to be. Taking 86 shots, you want them to make at least 40 of those. But 
Again, they did score a lot of points. Defense wasn't there, but Carson Williams and the Hilltoppers were just knocking down threes at the right moments. They only shot 36%, going 9 for 25. But every time you thought, all right, we need them to stop. We need them to not make this three every time we shot it. It went in. Buzz beater, don't go in. It went in. Every time, you know, Rhode Island's going on a run, seven-point run. Um, they're up by seven, and they go down, hit a three. You don't want that to go in. You want the run to continue. But Western Kentucky did a good job of limiting the run and, again, hitting the shots when they needed to. They went 28 for 66 from the field, a solid 42.4%, while Rhodey from three was seven for 27 uh, 25.9% mark, which you want to improve definitely if you want to win some big A-10 conference games. Both shot decently well from the free throw line. Western Kentucky going 17 for 20, 85% mark, and Rhode Island going 15 for 19, uh, 78.9% mark. Rhode Island only turned the ball over 10 times compared to Western Kentucky 16, which is really good for Rhode Island as they, they play aggressive, create turnovers, and get easy buckets, which led to 86 points in the score box for the Rams. And I, I don't know. I mean, with Charles Bassey, I can tell how much of a force this team is but in Western Kentucky. But I feel like if they had Charles Bassey, they wouldn't rely on the three-pointer as much and make as many as they did. Not that they made a ton. They made nine out of 25. But... At the right moment, they probably wouldn't have hit those as many threes. They probably would have looked down low to Charles Bassey. Um, because Carson Williams, as much threes as he was hitting, it, I thought it was very funny him trying to post up Sorrell. He was trying to back him down, but he was moving nowhere. And I feel like Western Kentucky had their you know, advantages in the three-point line and the, the, the layups and the running floaters. Like the, I, I swear Tyree Smart, he had a great game on offense, but on defense, he got broke down a couple times let up a couple easy layups. But every time they try to back down Cyril or get in a paint and try to get strong, Ron with Jermaine Harris and Cyril Angevine and Antoine Walker just overpowered the Hilltoppers. And I thought that was the defining um, the defining <clears throat> factor of the game. As they had rarely any uh, solid forwards out there like Charles Bassey. Another note, Dana Tate was out for this game. Again, Coach Cox said he needs to find himself, so I don't know. No one really knows what the situation is going on with him, but hopefully he can come back for conference play, if not sooner. But you always want to hope all his situations all going well. So that's a recap of the Western Kentucky game. And, and overall, what needs to improve for Rhode Island is definitely the three-point shooting as they only made 25% of their shots. If they want to really defeat Dayton and VCU, which I think they can, they got to make three-point shots, and they got to go at least 30% or 35% from three and make at least 40% of their shots. The free-throw shooting is up and down. They've had a lot of good games, but they've had a, a couple, like one or two very bad games from the free-throw line. So if they can get that, the free-throw shots better. Again, a, a pro, though, you know, keeping the turnovers low is very good for the Rams. And also, get, they also had uh, forced a lot more turnovers than they did turnover themselves. But, of course, that field goal percentage and that three-point percentage has to go up if they want to really impress at the higher level. But nonetheless, Rhode Island has a game on Sunday, the 29th, on the road against Middle Tennessee State, returning a home-and-home -home series. Rhode Island won the first one last year, I think by uh, like 13 or so. Dan Tate led the charge for the Rams last year at the Ryan Center. But this year is a whole different year. Middle Tennessee 
State not as good as they were last year. They are 4-8, and eight, led by Coach Nick McDevitt. And, of course, they really have one star player that Rhode Island needs to key on, and that's C.J. Jones. He has averaging 17, the guard is averaging 17.6 points a game. He is shooting a tremendous 46.3% from three and rarely misses from the foul line, going 96% from the charity stripe. If you're Rhodey, you got a key on him, and that's that. I mean, they don't have really anyone else special. I mean, they're two, like, you know, two of the three highest rebounders um, on the team are guards. And Tyson Jackson is probably their best forward. He is averaging 9 points and 5.8 rebounds a game. They can shoot a little bit, going 33.6% of th- from three and hitting 446 of their shots from the field, which is pretty efficient. But the quality of the shots, mostly being two-pointers, not from C.J. Jones, is what seems to be the difficulty for Middle Tennessee State as well as their defense as it is not superb. Rhode Island, on the other hand, is shooting 42.1% from the field overall and 31% from three and 69.8% from the charity stripe, turning the ball over on average 13.3 times a game compared to Middle Tennessee State's 13.9 times a game. Rhode Island is led by Fats Russell, who is averaging 20.8 points a game with 5.5 assists, which I think is an amazing stat how Fats, who's scoring 20-plus points a game, who can, is also dishing the ball out very well, and not like last year where you see him take twenty-something shots and make two of them because he he not um, you know his game hasn't expanded yet like he has this year, and he's not really sharing the wealth with the other players. But this year, even though he was doing that not that good against Western Kentucky, he shared the wealth. He was doing good, and he was just dishing out dimes like he does when he can't score, which is something you really want to see from Fats Russell. Jeff Dowling's averaging 13.3 points a game, as well as Tyrese Martin averaging 11.7 points a game and 5.7 rebounds, while is averaging a double-double with 10.9 points a game and 11.4 rebounds a game. And I really think last year was a big year for Surreal coming into this one and showing that this senior season is really just a continuation of last year. Surreal not scoring as much points as he needed to last year without these pieces, but he's still getting 11.4 rebounds a game and showing that he's an absolute beast in the center and no one can really get by him. He's a real force down low. He's very strong. Reminds you of a tight end, as many people say. And last year was very good for him, I feel like, because he found the flaws, the free throw shooting, the jump shot, and you know getting out of control. I feel like this year he's um, more in control of what he's doing. He's smarter with his decisions and his moves, going to the basket, cutting, dribbling, which you don't really want him to do is dribble, but once he does dribble, it's really a mess, which you saw a lot of last year because you had fast scoring, not that many points. Jeff Down was scoring, you know, a good amount. Tyrese, eh, a little bit, uh, not to the end of the year as he didn't start till halfway through the year. Surreal really had to carry a lot of the load, so him getting a lot of reps last year and a lot of points, really getting that experience is very good for this year, especially when he doesn't need to score as many, but he can still work on the, be a workhorse on the boards. Personally, I think Rye should trounce Middle Tennessee State by around 15, 20 points, hopefully, but I'll take a win of 10 or more. Middle Tennessee State did lose to St. Bonaventure by one. St. Bonaventure is a solid team. I don't know how that game ended up, but I heard St. Bonaventure did not shoot well at all. So if they can, if Rody can shoot well and play good defense, it should be no match. 
for the middle of Tennessee State. They should absolutely overwhelm them in both facets of the game. Look out for C.J. Jones, um, as well as Antonio Green, who's averaging 13.9 points per game and four rebounds. And I mean, those are your keys to the game. They don't really have a lot of forward action, but C.J. Jones is the main key in creating turnovers and scoring buckets and playing good defense will absolutely diminish this middle Tennessee State team who is looking for a big home victory. Then after that, Rhode Island travels 30-something miles to Providence to play Brown University on the 2nd of January in the new the first game in the new year of 2020. But that is going to be on next Thursday, the same day as we do the podcast. So my plan for all Thursday's games, you know, uh, preview games, uh, the Brown game, the Richmond game, that my plan is to release a podcast earlier in that day, around like 4 or 5 o'clock on Thursday. So that's really my plan is to get the podcast out before, a couple hours before the game, give you guys some time to listen if not for the game, and get ready for the Brown game, as well as the others that Rodon has going into A-10 tournament play. And I am so excited. Rodon got to silence the critics and uh, quiet the doubters. So I'm excited for that. But this week in college basketball, it was a quiet one. As early in the week, uh, or late last week, there was a lot of solid games. But as we got into this week, it slowed down because of Christmas season and the holidays. So last week, we had a couple great ones. Seen Hall upset number 7 Maryland on Thursday, last Thursday night, 52-48. to 48, A low-scoring affair without Miles Powell's. The Seton Hall Pirates pulled it off against Maryland. Georgia defeated SMU 87-85 on, sa- on Friday night. And on Saturday, we had a great slate of games. Indiana beat Notre Dame on a three-point shot. Near the end of that one, 62 to 60, Florida State held off South Florida 66 to 60. Number 18 Villanova defeated number one Kansas at home 56 to 55. Oklahoma beat UCF 53 to 52. Ohio State, number five in the nation, defeated number six Kentucky, who is struggling as of late, as they won 71 to 65 and 17 Butler. Defeated Purdue in the Crossroads Classic, 70-61. to St. John's defeated number 16, Arizona, 70-67. to And Alabama, which is big for Rhodey, defeated Belmont, a perennial mid-major madness power, 92-72. to South Carolina went on the road to Virginia and dismantled the Cavaliers, upsetting them 70-59 to on Sunday. And then on Christmas, we had a great showdown between the Houston Cougars and the Washington Huskies as the Houston Cougars upset number 21 Washington 75-71 to in a great game in the Diamond Head Hawaii Classic. The same tournament Rhode Island was in last year, but this year's edition featured two great teams and a great championship game. So yeah, go to the A-10 games. Colorado defeated Dayton in overtime, 78-76, to on a three-point jumper at the buzzer for the Buffalo of Colorado. Wichita State just shut down VCU, 73-63. to St. Louis defeated Kansas State on the road, 66-63. to Davidson 
fended off Loyola Chicago 59-56. And UAB handed to Duquesne its first loss of the year, 77-68. And Radford just absolutely crushed Richmond on the road by 15 73 to 58. Not not what you want to see if you're an A10 fan, especially for Richmond, as they were, you know, as the season went down, as it kept going, everyone was like Richmond, Richmond, Richmond. They're looking good, and they lose after struggling against Old Dominion, barely squeaking out a win. They defeat. They lose. They lose Radford by 15 at home. Now look to this week. We have a short slate of games on the 28th, which is on Saturday. Wisconsin plays Tennessee, and then number three, Louisville, faces off against its rival, number 19, Kentucky. Sure should be a good one. And on Sunday, Arkansas faces Indiana. Liberty tests its undefeated streak on the line against the LSU Tigers, who have been struggling as of late. Number five, Kansas, plays Stanford. And number 22, West Virginia, yes, ranked West Virginia, a team that Radon almost beat, which doesn't mean anything, but it shows that Radon you know, play with those people, play with those type of teams. The plays number two, Ohio State. I would like to see how they fare. I hope West Virginia can really win. I really want them to win to show that you or I gave a great fight against West Virginia. All in all, it means nothing, but to me, it means something. So that's really what matters. And on the 30th, Monday, Yale plays UNC, a team that, in UNC that really needs a victory over a solid Yale team. We'll see how that plays out. In the A-10, on Sunday... The 29th, Richmond plays Alabama. I think Richmond's just going to get throttled. I think Alabama's on a good streak they got going, winning a couple games. Richmond's not doing that well. I think Bama's going to go in there and absolutely crush Richmond. St. Bonaventure faces off rival Buffalo, New York State rival. I don't know. I think it's going to be a close game indeed. Hopefully St. Bonaventure can win it for the A-10 but on Monday, but we'll see. Davidson plays Vandy. George Mason plays TCU, which should be a great game for George Mason. And then George Washington plays a underwhelming, a team that's not performing as good as they should, Vermont team on New Year's Eve. And that's going to wrap up the games from last week and this week. And I'm really excited for this Western, uh, West Virginia-Ohio State game on Sunday. Really see how West Virginia fares. Hopefully they can win. As well as this Liberty LSU game, Liberty getting really hyped up. They're fourteen and zero, so I mean they deserve all of it. But LSU is pretty solid. I mean they've lost a couple bad ones. I think they lost one to East Tennessee State. They lost one to I forget the other team, but they left. I think lost two or three or two straight. One of those. So see how they do against Liberty, who's you know could go undefeated as they are in a weak conference. So like to see how that rolls out. And that looks like it's going to be the end of this podcast. We only had a couple games to talk about, but once January rolls in, A-10 play, Rhode has 10 games in January. So we're going to have podcasts with two, three games to go over and two, three games to uh, recap. So I'm excited. We're getting closer and closer to A-10 play. Yes, I said it. A-10 conference play Rhode Island plays Middle Tennessee, and we have our next podcast next Thursday, earlier in the day, so we can get it out for you for the Brown game as well as the Richmond game they have on the 5th. I'm pretty sure they have one on the 8th against Davidson. So we're getting closer and closer to that time, my favorite time of year. So stay tuned for next Thursday and Thursdays to come. And as always, roadie, roadie, roadie.